Hey friends, welcome to the Redeemer Queens Park podcast. Redeemer exists to help connect Jesus to people, people to community, and community to mission. We're gathering on Saturdays at 3 p.m. to worship God and fellowship. If you ever have any questions, or if we could be of help in any way at all, then please give us a shout at hello at redeemerqp.com. We hope you'll be encouraged as you hear another one of our Bible talks. Let's listen to the next episode. Somewhat similar to last week, let's have one question to organize uh, the next few minutes around. Just one question. How open are you to the presence of God in your life? We're not going to score each other, grade each other, have to talk about this like out loud here in the next few minutes so you can relax, but how open are you? Um, what kind of words, what kind of phrases would you describe your openness to the presence of God in your life? I think one of the reasons uh, we struggle to be open to the presence of God in our lives is we want to be in control. And if we're going to be in control, then God's going to have to be controlled. Um, but Jesus talked about how the Holy Spirit, he's like an uncontrollable wind. He's going to blow through where he wants to blow through. He's just going to do what he wants to do. So it kind of comes back to that question, how open are you to the presence of God in your life? How open are you to God doing things you, you cannot predict uh, you cannot control in your life. Yeah. Just think about that this afternoon. This, this is Sky Jethiani. He says, my secret is that I want to be relevant and popular. I want my desires fulfilled. I want my pain minimized. I want a manageable relationship with an institution rather than a messy relationship with real people. I want to be transformed into the image of Christ by showing up at entertaining events rather than through the hard work of discipline. I want to wear my faith on my sleeve and not look at the darkness in my heart. And above all, I want a controllable God. I want a divine commodity to do my will on earth as it is in heaven. How open are you to the presence of God in your life? I'll be honest with you, the times in my life when I've been most resistant to the presence of God in my life were times when a root idol of control was playing a big role for me. And it was, it was hard to let go and, and let God because I wanted to, to be in control. Yeah? You're probably thinking, like, I thought we were doing 1 Corinthians 12, and, and we indeed, indeed are. We're coming on to it here in just a minute. So just remember the context for this, my friends. When Jesus left us, he did not leave us alone. God the Father looked at the world that he created he looked at people, Adam and Eve, you and me, creating his own image and likeness, turned our backs on him. We've all, we've all said, no, we're going to try our own way. We're going to do our own thing. And God the Father, the character of God, looks at a world in opposition to him, and God says, I'm going to send a Savior. And he, my friends, his name is Jesus. He came in the fullness of time. He lived a sin-free life, and he willingly gave his life in a death of sacrifice to save people who did not deserve it, people like me, people like you, so that we could be made right with God. That's amazing. It's the best news in the whole world. We call this the good news. This is the gospel. And the gospel 
seems to keep going in a way. That's the news. That's the definition of it. But you got to wonder like, okay, great. So game over, trust in Jesus and all set. What's interesting is when, when God saves people, he, he leaves them right there. He's like, no, save you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to leave you where you are. I'm even going to send you to new places. You got to wonder like, okay, but Jesus, are you going to stick around? Jesus is like, no, no, no. I'm actually, I'm actually going to leave. And when I leave, I'm going to send my spirit and my spirit's going to be here. My spirit is going to work amongst you and you're going to do even greater things than these. So my friends, when Jesus left us uh, this weekend is actually Ascension weekend. We remember and we celebrate the fact that Jesus did. He ascended. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's not walking around down here on earth. His spirit is here. We remember that this weekend. So when he left us, he did leave us, but he did not leave us alone. He left us at least two very important resources. Number one is a mission to tell the world who he is and what he's done. And most importantly to that, he left us his spirit, the power to accomplish his mission. I appreciate that this is a diverse group of people this afternoon. Some of us are Christians. We're like week in and week out people. Some of us are just open. We're a bit spiritual. Don't know if this is quite it, but we're happy to kind of come around and just kind of sample this and see what's happening in the room. Um, for some people, maybe if you're on the outside, uh, you would even think, I, I think one of the problems with the church is it just doesn't seem that different. It doesn't seem that transformational. Maybe you know some Christians. They don't, they don't seem like there was that much happening in their lives, not much distinction amongst them. I want to meet you in there. And I'd want to say, yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I think we have a power shortage in the church today. I would say many Christians are living lives according to their own strength. It's a misunderstanding and in, in many levels of what happens when God saves someone, God wants to work through his people. He wants to work through his people to accomplish his purposes. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Jesus promised that he would be with us. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And then Jesus pours out his spirit on the church. If you're interested in where we are with that and how we understand those texts of scripture, you can go look on our website, YouTube page, uh, information backed up on our podcast as well. But here we are, we're studying the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's this abiding, willing, ready help for us today. And this is going to be good news for some of us because some of us feel like a household appliance that you're just trying to get the thing to work. You're just trying to get the Christianity to run and it feels like it's not working. And what we need is we actually need to be plugged into the power source. It's like, a, it's like a, a coffee pot that's not producing coffee. The coffee pot's not plugged in. It's like a toaster that can't warm bread. Well, of course it can. It's not plugged in. It can be the same for some of us in our own Christian lives. So my friends, the big idea that we've been making over these last couple of weeks, we and do, we need the Holy Spirit. This, this person, we need this person. Let me just say it for us up front. The Spirit is essential. Without the Spirit, we're not here in this room. The Spirit is intangible. Jesus said the Spirit's like, a, like the wind. So, so Jesus actually possessed a physical body. Now, the Spirit's not like that. The Spirit is intangible. The Spirit is inexhaustible. We can't know the Spirit of God fully. But the Spirit of God is knowable. We can know the Spirit of God truly. And as we enter into this today, the Spirit is personal. The Spirit of God is not an it. The Spirit of God is not a thing. The Spirit of God is a person. And the person is experiential. You, can, you could experience me. You could experience the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is controversial. And I think that's probably the next port of call as we kind of ease into this this afternoon because 
our experiences, they must be normed by God's word. If not, we're going to hear ideas and we're going to say, oh, I just had a bad experience. That's not for me. Maybe we could just work through a few different misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit that could help us to be able to receive what God has for us in his word. The first understanding could go something like this. You might think this. You might have thought this before at one point in your life. Uh, People who are passionate about the gifts, they're doctrinally weak. People that are kind of like into like gifts of the Holy Spirit. Who is God? How does God want to manifest himself? How does God want to show up? I'd say that's a misunderstanding. This misunderstanding focuses too much on current events and not enough on the biblical story. Um, Most everyone has seen or heard or experienced some type of misuse or abuse of a spiritual gift. Who hasn't heard the name of some religious leader like inflicting some sort of harm on other people? No, we want to some people want to discount what, what God has for us by saying, well, look, I, I, I know some people who have really been into the spiritual gifts, but they're actually just doctrinally weak. I found them to be a bit shallow. I'll say to you, sure, there's, there's plenty of people alive today. They're into the spiritual gifts, but they're doctrinally weak. But that's not reason for discounting them. The Christian faith is both full word, full spirit. Jesus was incredibly solid on doctrine, and Jesus performed miracles, signs, and wonders. I don't know if we can really hold that. The other misunderstanding could be, you could be uncomfortable with the very idea of this. You could say, well, spiritual gifts are the causes of so many problems in the church. Yeah, and say, yeah, this clearly happened in the course of the world history. But when you read the scripture, it becomes clear that spiritual gifts are not the problem. Carnality is the problem. Uh, The specific context of these chapters that we're reading, if you just wanted your allow your eyeballs to roll around these pages of Scripture, chapter 12, 13, and 14. The the problem here is not spiritual gifts. The problem is people being a bit selfish or being a bit proud, wanting to have a go, wanting to kind of show out a little bit. The problem is not the gifts. The the problem is misunderstanding the gifts. The problem is misapplying the gifts. Finally, you could say spiritual gifts are more important than fruit of the Spirit. Some people just misunderstand the gifts entirely. They They want to focus on and what are these things that apparently God wants to do through us? Teaching, evangelism, hospitality. And some people would say, man, I, just, I don't know. That seems a lot more important than bearing up the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Come back next week. That's exactly what we're talking about then. I don't know if that helps at all. Could just sound like a very long-running intro. Thankfully, the sermon's halfway done. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. What does the Bible actually say? A few important passages of Scripture for us right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Helps to understand something about Corinth. Uh, Corinth was a place where the gospel was starting to go through a movement of God. Good old pagan people like you and me before we knew Jesus, like our neighbors here in London. I mean, some downright scoundrels, right? No. Um, Good old pagan folk. And the gospel came through, and the gospel was doing what it always does. It was healing people. It was changing lives. People were hearing this glorious news. God has made a way where you can be saved. They were believing in the gospel. They were believing what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And lives are being transformed. Families are being turned around. And you can, you can read through, and you can see, man, there's some, there's some good stuff that's happening. But when you think of Corinth, you could also think of chaos, or you could also think of confusion, because that was very close at hand as well. Uh, The Apostle Paul, who authored what we're reading this afternoon, he wrote not just one letter, not just two. He wrote three letters to the church in Corinth. Uh, We have two canonized in in the Bible here. 
But when you read uh, 2 Corinthians, you actually get the impression there was actually something else that was even said here. So there was some confusion in Corinth. This place where the gospel was coming through and God was doing a beautiful thing, there was confusion. People really weren't understanding everything there was to be understood. And you should expect this. Like a, a new, a young work of God, you should expect there to be some things that are going right and some things that are just off. Now, thankfully, uh, we're not Corinth, right? We're, we're Redeemer in London. But let's be really, really real about who we are in our context. Uh, beautifully, by God's beautiful grace, we are a diverse community of people. There are people in this room, we came up like solid Bible teaching, like in church each and every week. Like, man, we want to hear what the book says. Tell me what the book says. Like studying the word, pouring over the word. You grew up memorizing scripture. That's great. You are welcome here. Also present in this house are people from the other end of the spectrum. People might call themselves charismatics or Pentecostals. Um, it's like the book. Oh yeah, that's, that's really important. What is God saying to me? How is God speaking to me? What is God doing in my story? What is God doing in my context? You, you, you believe in Jesus. Like you know he's there. You, you know that's it, but It's kind of also also some other stuff. You're very sensitive. You're very open and aware to how God's working in your life, how God's working in your friend group, what God's saying to you. And you are very welcome here as well. Um, We're having a few weeks in the Holy Spirit because we're trying to get on the same page as a community before we end up on the wrong page as a community. And over the last couple of weeks, it feels like we've all had some moments where we've been like really comfortable and some other moments where we've been a bit uncomfortable. We say good, right? We're a diverse family. If we're just working through this week in and week out and we're just like speaking to you every week and nothing ever feels like, oh, wait, is that in there? Probably not doing a good job. I want to be, want to be shaped by Scripture. So, so here it is, 1, 1 Corinthians. I just want you to notice a few things as you look at this chapter of Scripture when it talks about the Holy, Holy Spirit and most importantly, the spiritual gifts. Notice the Apostle Paul says there are a variety of gifts. You see that in verse 4. These gifts are given to accomplish a variety of ministries. You see that in verse 5. So, for example, well, one, one Christian might be gifted by God to teach. Just week in and week out, they kind of study, they organize some study, and they just bring it. They're a teacher. But according to this, God is actually going to gift the church some different stuff to do some different stuff. One administrator may be gifted in a large church, an, another Maybe administrated and maybe administrative in another way, but we see there's these there's these different gifts given to accomplish different activities. Look at verse six. You see that there, and only the Holy Spirit can empower the gifts. He determines the level of power for each. But you see in this chapter of Scripture, that Paul's clearly having to write to a group of people that just had some misunderstandings. Uh, they were coming from some different backgrounds. Um, they were having some different ways of understanding how God wanted to show up among them. But we actually see in here, verse 7 is really important for us as a faith family. Spiritual gifts are manifestations of the Spirit. That's a different word to attach to it for some of us. Manifestations of the Spirit of God. It says to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's another helpful detail. So what are the spiritual gifts? The spiritual gifts is when and whenever the Spirit of God chooses to manifest Himself through any one of us. He can manifest himself among us through teaching. He can manifest himself among us through 
hospitality. He can manifest himself among us through organization. But according to this, the Holy Spirit wants to manifest himself amongst his people for the common good. So when and whenever we have this manifesting of the Spirit, it's going to be for the good of the whole body. And that's the point that Paul goes on to make through the rest of the chapter. He switches over to this illustration. He's like, look, we're, we're a body, like a, a physical body thing, right? And one I got, the one you got. And he's saying, we, church family, we are a body. And we're not all going to be the same body part, right? So I want all of you right now to think of a body part. Don't be vulgar. And uh, on the count of three, you're going to just say that body part out loud. Can we do this together? Can we just have a little time? Going to lock in on your body part. All right. Don't be weird. All right. Here we go. One, two, three. Exactly, right? I think I heard elephant, but I'm choosing elbow. Okay. You think beautiful diversity in the body. My body isn't all elbow, thank God. It's not all big toe. That would be gross. I'm, I'm different. I got all these different parts that come together and they make me who I am. I don't know why I'm shaking for you, but I am. <laughs> and this is who we are as a faith family. God's saying in his word, you're like that. You're not all going to have the same body part. You're not all going to be the same function. But each and every one of you are something, and that's important. That's what he's saying. So, so, so look, we're getting into Ephesians this summer, and we're spending a lot of time thinking, what does it mean for us to be the people of God? And we're going to be pressing into this stuff a little more. You know, like, how does the Spirit usually manifest Himself through you? How does He manifest Himself through you? Do you have a place to be a part of that, to, for that, that gift to be a ministry and a benefit for the common good of the whole body? It's kind of a journey we're going on together. But it's within this metaphor. We're a body. And according to Scripture... God wants to work through each and every one of us in different ways for the common good of one another. I find that really, really encouraging. Not one of us gets left out of this. So gifts are manifested for the good of the church. That's what you see in verse 7. You, you learn as you continue reading throughout 1 Corinthians, every Christian receives spiritual gifts to edify the church. You also learn no one receives all the spiritual gifts. Not one of us is sitting here with all the gifts, and I find that really good as well, because we need one another. Not one of us is self-sufficient on our own. People say, well, why can't I just like read the Word and watch, a, watch something on TV, maybe knock out a few Christian podcasts and, and call it good? But my friend, you can't because we're a body. You have a gift the rest of the body needs, and the rest of the body has gifts that you need. We need Jesus, and we need to be getting around each other. That's all Paul's really saying here. You can see that Paul was clearly having to speak to some misuses and abuses of the gifts then. If you were to turn the page, you see in chapter 13, he comes in and he says, no, love is going to be really important because love is going to be the key to all the gifts. Some, so, some people, at least in this book that we're reading about right here, some people, they were, they were overplaying the gifts. They were overindulging the gifts and they weren't aiming to love people. The gifts weren't coming from a place of love. It wasn't in love. It wasn't aimed at love in the finish. So Paul has to come through with some teaching that's actually corrective here. So we can know as we journey together as a faith family, we're expecting the Spirit of God to show up. We're expecting to learn things about each other, where God wants to manifest himself. He wants to serve one another across this room through the other. 
And we're going to know that's happening when love is there. Love's going to authenticate this. So there's no, there's no showing out. There's no lording it over one another. No, love is going to be present. Similar to this moment right here. Love you. Ever well I know you or don't know you. Do have love for you. Just trying to like open up the meaning of Scripture right here through some teaching. So practically, let's knock out just a few questions that we might have, and then we'll land it. What are the Spirit? Where, where can I find the spiritual gifts? Uh, the spiritual gifts are listed in at least four portions of Scripture. They're right there. Romans chapter 12, 6 and 8, 1 Corinthians 12, you're in that right here, Ephesians, 1, Ephesians 4. You also get a short list of them over in uh, 1 Peter 4, 11. These manifestations of the Spirit, these different gifts of the Spirit, these different abilities that the Spirit shows up in His people to perform. Spiritual gifts, we, we need all of them, yet we need unity within them. We need love to be holding us all together. Unity and diversity, then, is, is what we're going to be looking for. And when you, when, you, when you read this, it's like, okay, there's some different texts I could go on, and I need to go and see. This isn't like one weird part of the Bible where they kind of talk about spiritual gifts, and then it never happens again. No, it comes up, comes up in different teaching contexts, comes up in different cities, comes up in different towns. Now, this, this is a thing, kind of doesn't go away as you read. It's there, so we need to read it. We need to explore. We'll get there over the summer together. But then you might be asking, like, okay, like, fine, what are they? Like, what are these gifts? What are these teachings? Like, what, what are these manifestations of the Spirit? Here's a probable list of all of them. And it's, it's, probably, it's probably a complete list. I don't know. That even leads you to, maybe a typo in there, I don't know. Um, that, even leads you into, that even leads you into an important thing where you got to wonder, is the goal of Scripture to like definitively describe this is each and every way that the Spirit of God could ever choose to manifest himself amongst the people of God? Or might the author have something different in mind where the author's just saying, this is how it generally goes. You know, these are the ways that God shows up. And you, and you look at this, it's like, well, that doesn't seem weird. That doesn't seem too far off. It's like, no, it's not. Different parts of the body. And we're expecting this as a church family. We're expecting to be able to learn this stuff about each other. I mean, this is great. This is really sweet when you look around the room. At the same time, you can't help but just know, like, God probably wants to do more. He does. And he's going to do more as he incorporates and he involves each of us so we can be a fully functioning body, able to dance and stuff. You know what I mean? So you think, like, man, what, what, what kinds of ways could the Spirit of God manifest himself among us? Administration. Apostleship or pioneering leadership, craftsmanship, creative communication, discernment, encouraging, exhorting, evangelism, faith, giving, giving a, a, a spiritual gift. God could like position some of us in places where it's like, what's my role in this thing? It's like, no, giving, healing, hospitality, intercession, interpretation, knowledge, leadership, miracles, pastoring, shepherding, prophecy, perceiving, teaching, tongues, serving, ministry, and showing mercy. And you read that list, even though one or two of those in there might be like, hmm, I'd, I'd love to have a little bit of a chat about that. We're, we're here to chat all summer. But when you read that, it's like, man, I could do with a community that's clicking on all cylinders with this. That would be healthy. A, a body of people where not just one, but maybe two or three of each of those, oh, that'd, be, that, that'd be just the kind of thing to be getting around a couple of times a week. People able to look after you. 
you who possesses a few of these, you're able to look after some other people? That starts sounding like the fullness of Christianity right there. That's not just like, let me come and spectate. No, let me get involved. Let me participate. And I think that's what the spiritual gifts are actually here for. So, so then you consider who has these gifts and don't worry, I'm almost done. Who has these, who has these gifts? The, the idea is that we all have these gifts. Um, whether, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, according to the Bible, God's doing this. You have them. You can see where this is going in a minute. It's going to get on to our question. How open are you to this? How open are you to the idea that God loves the world? He sent his son to die on a cross. He saved you from your sins. And he doesn't only want, though it's the primary thing, for you to tell other people about this, but he actually wants to manifest himself through you to build up the church for common good. And he even wants to show himself through you in the world in which you live. How open are you? So who has it? We all have it. When you become a Christian, you have it. Congratulations. Like you've done the thing. Like, no, who has it? We all have it. Where, where is this going? Just, just a, few, a few basic truths to begin to conclude our time together. How does it all fit together, my friends? That's a lot. Don't worry, this is, the type of the, this is the part of the message if you've been snoozing, and that's fine. I don't blame you. If uh, you've been snoozing on this, just tune back in right now. Wake up, tune in. Here we are. Get the next five minutes, okay? Get this. How does it all fit together? There is a lot to think about when it comes to the spiritual gifts. Some of y'all can go on and say amen. Something, I didn't expect you to know. Some things are clear. Others are confusing. Some things relate to life experiences we've had. Some of what we're having this crash course into this afternoon, it can seem a bit foreign. But how, how can we, we, maybe just, I don't know, two, two or three, how about just four very simple ideas to help hold us together as we study the book of Ephesians together this summer? Here are two essential truths about the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Number one, my friend, you can bank on this one. You can bank on this. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given for God's glory. The goal of the gifts is magnifying the name of Jesus. Gifts are given to exalt Jesus in our thinking. Gifts are given to exalt Jesus in our living. All expressions of the Spirit through us, they are given to help produce the fruit of the Spirit in us and the people around us and to Glorify God among us. Gifts are given for God's glory. I think we can all be like relax a little bit right there. Okay. So whenever these gifts are turning up, it's not about like somebody's like really just having a go or showing out. No, no, no. It's glorifying him. So one, one of my gifts and one of my roles in offices here is teaching week in and week out. But when that gift is working right, it's not glorifying me. It's glorifying God. And so it goes with our other gifts. The other thing you can count on is this. Gifts are given for our good. My friend, this was really comforting for me as I was studying God's word and honestly a bit nervous about how do I talk about this in such a broad room? For, for some of you in here, like you're, you've never gripped your Bible tighter or your iPhone and you're sitting there like, oh my goodness, where are we going? And for others, you're like, you are not going far enough. And it's like, perfect. We are right where we need to be as a faith family. But you can count on this. Gifts are given for our good. Every reference to the gifts are, are tied to our good. 
Not one time do you see the Holy, the Holy Spirits, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Not once do you see it written in Scripture where it doesn't turn out for somebody good. Always glorifying God. And it's always for the good of one another. So then gifts are intended to equip us, encourage us, challenge us, and skill us to complete the mission that God has given to us. And to understand the gifts, we need to keep our mind and our heart strapped to the Word of God. So I propose two simple rules for us as a faith family to guard our thinking and our living. Number one, you do not have to be afraid. Fear not is the most repeated command in the entire Bible. Fear not, fear not, fear not. And for some of us in this room, the enemy has managed to creep into our spiritual life and plant fear around this subject right here. And I'm just here to tell you today, you don't have to be afraid. You don't. If you're one of those people that think the gifts have, 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 have ceased, I think you can relax. You don't have to be afraid. According to Scripture, God wants, God's not done like showing up through His people. He wants to continue skilling and gifting the people to be able to accomplish a mission. So 1 Corinthians 12 is a comforting promise. The Spirit wants to express Himself through you. However old or new of an idea that is to you, it's a promise given to you this afternoon. The Spirit of God wants to manifest Himself through you. Yes, you. However many years you've lived your life as a Christian, closed off to the very possibility of this, kind of going through the world with some intellectual far-off faith. No, 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 that's a promise for you. The Spirit of God wants to show up through you. Remember, there are no warnings against believing in the gifts. There are only warnings in Scripture against the misuses and abuses of the gifts. That's helpful. No warnings saying, oh, don't believe that. No. If anything... Scripture saying, believe it, expect it, live in it. Here's like how not to do it. So we should expect it to be there. And my friends, hear this as your pastor, especially for any of you that might be a little uneasy, just opening up to this, this part of Christianity. We're going to be very biblical. In studying the gifts and seeking to live out the gifts, we're going to keep our nose in Scripture. We're going to be sure we follow the guidelines for understanding and exercising the gifts that are paid attention to as well in the days ahead you don't have to be afraid and we together we will be very biblical let me just bring this back to where we started um because that might be feel like a lot of stuff for your head and very well may be but um it's time to process this information in our in our hearts um when you think about where this began it began with this question right here how open are you to the presence of god in your life my friend, I just want to invite you right now to think, think about this with me. How, how open are you to this? Do you think these are just kind of chapters of Scripture and sections of Scripture that just apply to some other people in the church, but for some reason they're not written for you? How open are you to this? Maybe there was a relationship in your past where uh, someone really like misused, misrepresented, or even abused a spiritual gift. I just encourage you to be honest about that. Recognize that for what it is. And then compare that event with Scripture. And ask yourself again, how open are you to the presence of God in your life?
Pastor Lee, I, ju- I just want to ask you, are you aware of one or two, maybe even three or four different ways that the Spirit of God has gifted you? Are you aware? Are you aware of like one or two different kind of body part functions that the Spirit of God has given to you? And whether you're aware or not, do you have a place where you're actively putting that to work around here? I just ask you that as a pastor. And if not, let's be thinking more about it. Let's be pouring over these pages of Scripture and considering. God saves us. God leaves us in the world. Apparently, He's going to skill us and gift us, and the Spirit of God wants to manifest Himself even through us and among us. Through things that might seem as ordinary and unspectacular as organization and administration. Let's expect the Spirit of God to be at work among us in these ways. But finally, I just need to bring you to that moment where I really, really do encourage you to consider how open are you to the presence of God in your life? And then we, we, we trace the spiritual gifts back to the one who possessed all the gifts. We have a moment where we think about Jesus Christ. We think about how he was, he's fully God and fully man. And somehow in that, in, in that perfect combination of deity and humanity, Jesus possessed all the spiritual gifts, extremely organized, but he could teach. Jesus, he healed people. Jesus, he could look into someone's heart and he could say what was there. Jesus, the one who could multiply physical resources into more. As we believe in him to save us from our sins, how open are we to the fullness of his presence in our lives and even him working through us and among us? Listen, as the band comes up here, we're going to have an opportunity not to sing a song and run out of here. We're going to have an opportunity just to sit in this this afternoon. This is uh, an opportunity for us to respond Um, you can respond to that question right there. How open are you to the presence of God in your life? Here's my invitation to you. Honestly, answer that question before the Lord. And I might be talking about the spiritual gifts and there's something in your own heart, there's something in your own walk with God in your own life where you realize, yeah, I'm I'm open to the spiritual gifts, that's great, but God, The Spirit of God is at work in this moment right now, actually putting His finger on another part of your life and saying, but you're not open to me here. My friends, you don't report to me, right? I I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to be a servant of the living God, opening up His Word, trying to point a few things out, making some observations about who we are and how we are. Most importantly, an opportunity for us to genuinely consider Is there any part of our own lives that are closed off to the fullness and presence of God? Is there any potential for how God might want to use your life to see other people coming to know Jesus and love Jesus? Is there any any point along that journey where you're hesitant or resistant? Is there any point where you're not open to the fullness of what God might want to do in you and through you? My friend, I'm not here to to burden you. I'm not here to beat you over the head with the Bible. I'm here to point to the God who is always faithful, who always comes through, who is love in his character, who's working out a mission of perfect justice and mercy in this world. He loves you. That's why he's sought you with the gospel. 
Maybe just maybe he wants to work in you and through you in new and exciting ways. Comes down to us, perhaps, whether we're open to him or not. In the next few minutes, we're going to sing a song very practically. People are going to be responding to this as they sing the song. You're welcome to uh, stay seated if you want, but I will invite you. Go ahead and stand, all of us together. We'll go ahead and stand up. Uh, We have a prayer and ministry team that's available right over here. If you'd like to talk more about this with anyone, come over. Maybe you, maybe in this moment, the God is actually identifying for you that area of your life where you're just, you're not open to the fullness of the presence of God. I invite you, please come over here. Allow us to pray for you. Maybe you've been holding off and maybe you've been resistant in one realm or another of your heart and of your life. Uh, We're not special. We're just like you. We're just here to pray for you and provide ministry maybe even specifically to that pain point wound or or need. We're here to meet with God and to respond to him. Let's trust that he could do something new in us and through us as we sing.